We do need to thank the Lord for the man on that middle cross. Amen. Without that, we would all be doomed. That is for sure. Join me in the book of Hebrews. This is the last uh, book that we will be, our last uh, sermon in the book of Hebrews. We'll be starting in the book of Mark next week. But I want you to join me in Hebrews chapter 13, looking at verses 5 through 15 today. Hebrews chapter 13, looking at verses 5 through 15. I want to share with you this morning, church, unchanging reasons for thanksgiving. Unchanging reasons for thanksgiving. Beginning with verse 5. Keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods which have not benefited those devoted to them. We have an altar from which those who serve the tent have no right to eat. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy places by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin are burned outside the camp. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people with his own blood. Therefore, let us, not, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach that he endured. For, we, for here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is yet to come. Through him, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. May God add to the reading of his word here this morning, unchanging reasons for thanksgiving. Now, one of the most explicit Bible verses that are related to the matter of thanksgiving is actually found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, which says, "...in everything that we're to give thanks..." For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And that verse commands believers that we're to give thanks to the Lord. Now listen to me, don't miss this. We're to give thanks to the Lord, not for everything, but in everything. Don't miss that. Again, we're commanded as believers, as disciples of Christ, to give thanks to the Lord, not for everything, but in everything. There's a big, huge, humongous difference there in that wording. Certainly, we ought to be thankful, not just because we're told to be thankful, but because we certainly have much to be thankful for. Can I hear an amen? amen. But I've discovered that thankfulness can be a very fickle thing. Often our thankfulness uh, is focusing on things that are physical in nature. Would you agree with me on that? We're thankful for things like we're thankful for our health, or we're thankful for our families. We're thankful for our homes. We're thankful for our jobs. Some of us are. Uh, we're thankful for our financial ability. Uh, we're thankful for the things that we have that God has blessed us with. Yet all of those things, would you agree with me on this, that all of those things are subject to change. And so I want you to think about it. Our health can go downhill in a hurry. Our families can split up. Our bank accounts can run dry. And what do we do then? 
How does that affect our thankfulness? And I would suggest that we remain thankful for all the physical blessings that we do enjoy and that we learn to look beyond those changing things to something and other things that can never change. And I want to share with you this morning a few of those unchanging blessings that we can find here in God's Word. And I want you to notice with me this morning some unchanging reasons for Thanksgiving. Here's the first one. Look with me at verses 5 and 6 and also verse 8. Uh, one of the unchanging reasons that we should be thankful is for our Savior. Our Savior. Amen? Brother Dale just sang about our Savior. The man on the middle cross. Be thankful for him. Look with me again at verse 5. Keep your life free from money, from the love of money, and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Verse 6. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I shall not fear what can man do to me? Verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. So wouldn't you agree with me this morning when I say that one of these unchanging reasons for Thanksgiving is our Savior, Jesus Christ? Because these verses that I've just read to you, church, tell us a few of these unchanging glories of our Lord. These things revealed here give us cause for thankfulness at all times. Look with me at verse 5 again. We see his abiding presence. Verse 5, it says, Keep your life free from the love of money. Be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. We see there his abiding presence. Regardless of where the path of our lives lead us, the saint of God will never walk alone. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Another verse of scripture that you might want to make a notation about, Isaiah chapter 41, verse, verse 10. And it tells us, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So we should be very grateful for the unchanging reason of our Savior. He never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. How do we know that? Verse 8 tells us that. I want us to see also His assisting presence. We saw that in verse 6, His assisting presence. Be thankful. He says, we can confidently say, the Lord is my what? Helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? <clears throat> that word helper... Come from, comes from a word that means to run. And the idea here is simply this, that when you and I, when we are in need, the Lord runs to our aid. John chapter 14, verse 16 says that he is our comforter, which just simply means one that is called alongside of another to give aid, to give comfort. But look with me at verse 8, his anchoring presence. Verse 8 says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So one of the greatest sources I believe that you and I as believers should have in terms of being thankful is the truth that Je Jesus never changes. Amen? We change. We can change as quick as the wind blows. But Jesus does not change. I mean, he says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what he was then is the same that he is now, which is going to be the same that he's going to be tomorrow. Amen? So from before creation on, on into eternity, 
Jesus has never, nor shall he ever change. He is going to be the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, the scripture says that he is the great I am. He still possesses all power in heaven and on earth. We can always be thankful for our Savior. I wanted to see the second thing here this morning that we can be very thankful for, and it's an unchanging reason for our, our thankfulness, and that is we'll find in verses 9 through 12, our salvation. Amen? If you're a believer here this morning and you have uh, received the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's unchanging. Look at verse 9, we see the price of it. And uh, again, this was sang about this morning in all of our worship songs and including Dale's song, the price that was paid, the price of it. We find it in verse 9, don't be led away by diverse and strange teachings for it is good for the heart, listen to this, to be strengthened by grace. You see that? Not by foods or things that are benefited that are devoted to them. So the price of it. So the verse that we need to look at or the word that we need to look at is that word grace. We can be thankful that... That God, uh, thank God that salvation is given to us without a cost. It cost him, hasn't cost us a thing. It is purely the operation of grace. We are saved by grace. Think about how you came to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Reflect back on that time. Some of us, it might have been a short period of time ago. Some of us, it may have been a long time ago. But dead, you were dead in your trespasses, you were dead in your sin, and then he sought you, he called you, he died for you, he redeemed you, and he keeps you. Let me say that again. He died for you, he redeemed you, and he keeps you, and he sought you out. So all you had to do was exercise this thing called faith, by faith, by grace, because Jesus has done it all. And I right, Brother Dale, you just sang about that. The man on the middle cry, he did it all for us. All we have to do is accept what he did and receive him unto ourselves. But we also see in verse 12 the pain of it. Verse 12, Jesus suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. So here's the way I look at this. For us, for you and for me, the price was low. For God, the price was unimaginable. The pain that was associated in regards to what he did for you and I. Listen, the way we need to look at this is that our salvation cost God the life of his son. John 3.16, for God, recite it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have what? everlasting or eternal life. Salvation costs God the life of his son, but he did it all for us. Can you imagine the pain that he went through for you and for you and for me and for all of humanity, past, present, and the future? He did it for us. His death on that cross that you sang about, Brother Dale, uh, provided salvation for you and for me. There is no other way that we can describe or adequately describe the glory, the details, the gory, I should say, the gory details of the death of Christ. We've seen movies about it. We've read about it. But none of us can even imagine what he went through to pay the price to make a provision for you and for me. 
We should be thankful. We should be a grateful people. Every single day, every single day, we should get up and say, thank you, Lord, for what you've done for me. I am undeserving. I am humbled. I am grateful. I did not deserve you. I did not deserve what you did for me. I don't deserve your heaven, but he did it for you, which is exactly what Dale sang about and what we have all these songs leading up to this. That even though he knew that we were and what we would be like before we were saved, he still went to the cross and he died for you and for me. He did it for you and for me. Unchanging reason to be grateful and have thanksgiving for what he has done. Do we get excited about that? We should. We should. And then look with me again at verse 12 and see the purpose of it. Verse 12 again. So Jesus, I'm going to read it again. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate. Why? In order to sanctify the people through his own blood. We're told here that he suffered the death that he suffered so that he might sanctify the people. Now that word sanctify can be a big word. We don't understand it sometimes. It just simply means uh, that to separate from vain things, to set apart for God's use. We have been set apart for God's use. That is exactly why Jesus died. So that we might be set apart for him. So Jesus died to take vile sinners, that was me, that was you, to take us out of our sins and set us apart from the world for the glory of God. Amen? There needs to be many more people set apart from this world. This world is in disarray. It gets worse by the minute. It's not something just started. Just go back and look at since the beginning of time. We've been living in a vile world, sinful world. It started with Adam. And it's not any better in 2024. We look around and say, how bad can things get? But there was a purpose for which Jesus died. And he died to take your sins away and my sins away and set you and I apart from the rest of the world. Which means as believers, as disciples in Christ, we should not be like the world. We live in the world, not be of the world. Amen? We should be different. We should be letting our light shine because other people need to see what we have and what we have is not me, it's who lives within me and his name is Jesus. And they need to see Jesus living in you. Amen? Remember what Jesus did for you. He saved us so that we might be different, radically different, and that we might be able to be used for his glory. We know that because 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us that. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that should be you and I, if you are in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. That should define you. The old me is gone. The new me is here to stay. Should be radically different from your old life. Now, for me, it's easy because I didn't come to know Christ until age 34. Some of you came to know Christ at early ages, age five, six, seven, eight, maybe. But we were saved to be different, whether you've been saved for 60 years or whether you've been saved for 60 days. We have been called to him to be set apart. 
And we can be thankful that we're not lost anymore, that we're not living the wickedness and the wicked ways that we were before, that we have been cleansed and we have been set apart for God's glory. Why and how? Through the blood of Christ. Did you catch that? He suffered so that he might sanctify people through his own blood. What Dale just talked about, the man on the middle cross. Perfect timing, by the way, Dale. Did you know what I was preaching on this morning? No? It was a God thing then. Amen. That brings me to my point, third point. Verse 13, we should be thankful for our separation. Unchanging reason for thankfulness. Verse 13, therefore let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach that he endured. Now the call of this verse is for us to do on, listen, here's what it means. Very practical. This is a takeaway. The call for verse 13 is for you and I to do on the outside what Jesus has already done on the inside. We should be separated from the non-believing world. That is, he has set us apart inwardly through the redemption of the blood of Jesus Christ. His call is that we willingly, listen church, take a stand for Christ in the outside of society, the outside world, the world in which we work in, the world in which we live in. Not everybody is like us. But God loves us all. And he wants all to be with him in heaven one day. But let's be honest, that's not going to be the case. There are many people before us and currently and in the future that are going to reject him. There are going to be many people that don't believe what Dale just sang about, the man on the middle cross. They don't believe it. But we have to take a stand and be on the inside, what, or on the outside, what we are on the inside. And if we call ourselves disciples of Christ, if we call ourselves believers, then we need to live it that way. Amen? Every day. What he's calling us to do, church, is to pick up our cross and bear the reproach of Jesus. That's what it tells us here in these verses. In other words, put it simple terms. He said, you should be different. I should be different. We ought to thank God that he's made that radical change in our lives, that we are different. Not because of who we are, but who he is who lives within us. Amen? Because we're not good people. Adam was not good. We're not good. Inherently, we are sinners. But God comes in and he can kind of clean up things. And then that's how we let our light shine out there because there's other people that need what you have. And what you have is Jesus. And they need that too. Just as much as we do. What is a soul worth to you? What is a soul worth? Can we put a price on that? No, we cannot. So the very fact, church, that we don't live the way that we used to live prior to Jesus, that we don't find enjoyment of the things that this world that we run into day in and day out, and what we see day in and day out, and what we're around day in and day out, that we have to realize that we are different and it's a cause for us to rejoice every single day in our lives. Be thankful that we are different, that God has called us to himself, that we have accepted that. And now that we're believers, that we can let our light shine around everybody else and let other people see that they can have Jesus just like we can. We should stand out above the rest. Amen? And we should be thankful for what he has done for us. Which leads me to my final point, verse 14. Be thankful for our sanctuary. 
I'm not talking about this sanctuary Bible, but we should be thankful for this sanctuary. But verse 14, for here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is yet to come. See where I'm going with that? Our sanctuary. Be thankful. Again, we're reminded that you and I, we're living in a world that's ever-changing. And it is changing more rapidly by the minute, isn't it? And I'll just say it like it is. It gets wackier by the minute when we live in this world. Is it not? That's about the best way I can put it. I mean, if all of our hopes, listen to me, Trisha, if all of our hopes are placed in this world, if all of our hopes are placed in the physical realm, then we are going to be disappointed more than we're going to be happy. But you and I, as the child of God, can rejoice in the fact that this world is not the end all. It is not the tell all of our Christian experience. Verse 14 here tells us that there is something a lot better down the road. Did you see that? Verse 14, for we have no lasting city. In other words, we're sojourners passing through. This is not all that there is. You realize that, right? If you're a believer this morning, you should know that this is not all that there is. We're not just going to die and go six feet under and that's it. Happy life. Thank you, Lord. Nope, there's something beyond this. And that's something we should all be concerned about is what happens after this life on earth when this journey is over. Look again what it says. For we have no lasting city, but we as believers should seek the city that is yet to come. So we can thank the Lord. Here's something to be thankful for. We're talking about our sanctuary. Here's where I'm going with this. We can thank the Lord that when this journey is over, when this life is over, that we have a city uh, awaiting us where we can rest from our labors in this world and where we can enjoy the sweet presence of the Lord Jesus. Amen? It is a place that we know little about other than what we read in the Bible, but we do know that none of the problems of this life is going to be allowed in that life. Amen? Revelation 21.4, you hear this a lot, especially at funerals, that he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There, there shall not be any more death, neither shall there be any more mourning, nor crying, nor pain, for the former things have passed away. That's what 14 is saying. We don't have any lasting city here, but seek the city that is yet to come. And the city that is yet to come is way better than this city. <laughs> this one pales in comparison. This city pales in comparison. This life, this world pales in comparison as to what's yet to come. And what I know, and I hope you know, is that one day I'm going to be with Jesus. I hope you're sitting out here this morning saying, one day I'm going to be with Jesus. And that should bring thanksgiving to our heart for the blessed home that awaits every single child of God. I mean, that's like dessert times 10. I was having some delicious brownies last night, but they were supposed to be healthy brownies. They didn't taste healthy to me. Hannah says they're definitely healthy. I didn't ask what all the ingredients were, but I couldn't have. It's kind of like Lay's potato chips. Can't eat just one. So I made myself feel good, and I said they were only that big, so I had two. The dessert. And I know that that's not a good comparison when I think about heaven, but man, the best is yet to come. 
The best is yet to come. So let me just kind of wrap this up. I think this morning we need to, we need to take a close look at the real blessings from the Lord. And I would just say to all of us, including myself, me first, let us be thankful in all things that he gives us. Sometimes we just take so much for granted. I know I do. I share this a lot, and I really mean it because I have to have this reminder. The mere fact that I got out of bed this morning, I need to be thankful. That wasn't guaranteed. The mere fact that I'm breathing air right now, that is a blessing. That could be taken away at any moment. The mere fact that I can drive here with my wife, Wanda, and be a part of fellowship here, that is a blessing. The mere fact that I can be with my brothers and sisters in Christ, who I'm just so blessed to be around, that is a blessing. We were spent this weekend uh, with our children and our grandchildren. That's a blessing. Don't take that for granted. And when I think about that, I just say, Lord, I want to praise you. <laughs> I know some of you are battling some health concerns. I understand that. We, we, there's been many people that have battled health concerns, and you are. My, my heart goes out to you. But still be thankful that we're able to get up out of the bed this morning, come to church, and Lord willing, we'll be able to get back home despite some of the things that we have going on. Be thankful for your families. Be thankful that you could put on clothes this morning or, get, or you're going to have a bite to eat when you get home or financial blessings. You know, you might not be uh, a gazillionaire. Is that a word? You might not even be a millionaire. You might not even have a lot to, in your pocket. You got the last 10 cents in your pocket, but it's still God blessed you. Put things in proper perspective. Take nothing for granted. I have to remind myself of that every day. James, don't you take things for granted. Don't take this family that was with you this weekend, these precious grandchildren, don't you take them for granted. Don't take your health for granted. Don't take your church for granted. You need to be grateful. You need to be thankful. And let us be thankful in all things. Not for things, but in all things. There's a huge difference. And be thankful for what we talked about today, things that can never change. God died for you. That is not going to change. God made a provision for you to accept him and, and, and have a relationship with him. That cannot change. If you're a believer here today, there's a heaven that's waiting on us. That cannot change. Okay, it cannot change because God's word says it's not changing. He is building a city for us. And that's exactly what he said in 14. Don't hang on to this city that you're living in now is is so temporary but he says seek the city that is yet to come and the book of revelation tells us that he is building that city for us making that city for us and i could sit here and read things and i could share you descriptions of things i would not adequately do it justice because i don't think any of us really know what that's going to be like i do know this i want to be there i do know this i am going to be there and I hope you can uh, soundly and safely say that this morning. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be right there with you, James. Learn to be thankful for things that we can never lose. And we just talked about them. Be thankful for things that can never change. Listen, when all these physical blessings have faded and we, have, we can find no reason to give praise for them, thank the Lord that there are some things that will never, ever change. And that's the crux of this message this morning. Your financial situation can change like that. 
Your home situation can change like that. Your job situation can change like that. Ch times two. 31 years with Bilo, gone. 15 years with ESI, gone. No notice. Uh, that, that is a changing situation. If I try to build my life on that, man will let you down. But God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And that's what I rest my hat on. Man will turn you down in a heartbeat. I've found that out twice on the work world. I'm not bitter. God has blessed me. But I will tell you that I can, he's unchanging, and where I put my faith, my hope, and trust is in him. And that's what all of us should do. Because the physical things are one day going to fade away. But i got to be reminded today, and I hope you are today, some things will never change, and I can tell you, Jesus will never change. And for that, we should be thankful people. And I just pray that as we close here this morning, that as we're singing this song of him invitation, that you stand before him today as we sing this song and say, Lord, thank you. You can do that silently. You can come to the altar. You can come to me. Jesus just wants you to be thankful for what he's done for you, for who he is and what he's given to you and to me. And I'm talking about salvation. I'm not talking about the physical blessings that he's blessed you with. He's given us those too, and we should be thankful for that. I'm talking about things that are unchanging. Financial, home, job, all that can change. He never changes. What he did for us on that, as the man on the middle cross, will never change. What the purpose of that was, and with us accepting him, can never change once we accept him as Lord and Savior. Being, uh, having a home in heaven one day, when this life is over, will never change. If you're one here today that has not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I beg of you today to make that decision. This is not something to say, well, I think I have, maybe I have, I've been contemplating it. No, that's not something, you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. You may go to sleep tonight and not wake up tomorrow. You don't know. There's no guarantees for that. But there is a guarantee that if you've accepted him as Lord in your life and you've truly made a, a change, there is a promise that you'll be with him in heaven one day. And that's what really, really matters. Amen? Let's close with prayer. Father, we thank you for this challenge today. And Lord, you have blessed us in so many ways. I mean, even when we look at the physical things that you've done for us, clothes on our backs, food in our bellies, a home and shelter over our heads, cars to drive, money in the bank. Lord, you've given us job, jobs, you've given us a church, you've given us so many things, but Lord, those things are temporary. And what we truly need to be grateful for today, individually and corporately as a church, is for these unchanging reasons. That you died on the cross, that you made a provision for us, and those who have accepted you as Lord and Savior will be able to live the Christian life here on this earth. And when this life is done, when this journey is done, that there is something ahead of us for the future, and it's the wonderful city that you're preparing for us. That should excite us every single day. And what you have done for us should excite us every single day. And so, Lord, I pray that individually we would be a grateful and thankful people. And certainly as a church, that we would be thankful for how you've just continued to bless us here. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.